0: Well, good morning. good morning. Certainly good uh, to be back with you today. Good to see all of you. I had a chance to speak to, uh, with a couple of you beforehand. I, uh, it, by the way, open your, uh, your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. If you use a, a digital device, open it to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at uh, Philippians chapter 3 together today. Now, I'm a very competitive person. I hate to lose. I like to win. Uh, even simple board games, I get rather competitive. Uh, my wife would call it aggressive. Uh, I, I like to win. Uh, if I'm in a race, I want to win. Uh, for several years, my son, when he was in high school, and I uh, raced bicycles competitively. He was, much, he was much better than I was, uh, but we raced bicycles. And if I was in a race, I trained for the race to win. Now, I've read some biographies of some really good leaders because I want to be a good leader and I want to learn from other leaders as well. There's a couple pastors that are well-known pastors and I've read every book they've written and I've read some of their biographies to try to learn what the maybe secret is to their success. Several years ago, many years ago, um, I, I read a book about President Ronald Reagan and about the assassination attempt on his life. He ran his race well. Uh, I've read the biography of Billy Graham a couple of times and he ran his race very well. See, I, I'm looking for What was the key to success for these individuals? And I'd like to know maybe a portion of the key to their success so I can run the race I'm in as half as successful as they have ran the race that they were in as well. The truth is, all of us want to be successful, right? All of us want to run the race well. Now, The most important race that any of us will ever enter is called the Christian life. And some people get confused about the beginning point and the ending point of that particular race. The beginning point of the race of the Christian life is when you surrender control of your life to Jesus Christ. That's not the end of the race it's the beginning of the race. The end of the race is when Jesus returns or when this life ends for us. That's the end of the race. Many of you have made the decision to join that race, to enter that race. If, you not, if you've not made that decision to enter the race, then my prayer is that maybe this morning you'll make that decision. Or at least this morning you'll take a step closer to joining that race. Now you've been studying the book of Philippians for several weeks, I understand, and my task this morning is to speak to you out of Philippians chapter 3. Paul talks about this idea of running a race in Philippians chapter 3, and the race that he's referring to is the race of the Christian life, and in Philippians chapter 3, Paul addresses this in our text for this morning. So let me read out of Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. And would you follow along with me? Paul said, Not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. That also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Now, the Christian life, it's like a race. And we the finish line is eternity. It's not when we begin the race, the finish line is is when we enter eternity or when this life ends. The sad reality is that many Christians join the race. They surrender their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And then they just go on coast like they've won the race. Friends, winning the race is not when you enter it. Winning the race is at the finish line. And the finish line is when this life ends for you, or when Jesus returns if He comes before that point. In life, we train for all kinds of things. I mean, if you want to get a driver's license in our state, usually, at least when I was getting it, you have to go through a course. You have to drive with an instructor. You have to prepare, and then you have to go pass a test. My neighbor, one of my neighbor's kids right now is practicing driving so she can get her driver's license. If you're going to have a child... Most of the time, you go through some kind of birthing or parenting course before that child comes. Uh, when when Tam, my wife and I had our three children, they were called the Ma's classes. And uh, my translation to the Lamaze class is, men, just shut your mouth and do what you're told and be quiet. You know, because they teach you in these classes, oh, tell her to breathe. If she loses focus, no, get her focus back. No, you're going to get yourself killed if you do that. Just, just be a supportive uh, friend and coach in the process. Police officers, I, was a, I think I told you this last time I was here, I was a reserve peace officer and a chaplain for the Redlands Police Department for 22 years. And police officers go through, in California at least, they go through about six months of physical, mental, and educational, legal training in in a police academy. And then after they get out of the academy, they spend another six months in on-the-job field training. The academy, when I went through the police academy, I was a pastor at that point, also went through the police academy. It was some of the most challenging times of my life. Running the race of the Christian life requires no formal training to enter the race. None. But once you enter the race, you begin a discipleship process, a lifelong process of learning what it means to run the race. That's why in the third chapter of Philippians, Paul addresses the subject and challenges believers to run the race to win. He says to press on. In fact, in this passage we looked at this morning, chapter 3, Paul gives us five essentials to running the race, to pressing on. Winning is not becoming a Christian. Winning is fulfilling the purposes for which God planned for your life. Now your church is in transition as well. And your church is in a race. And the race you're in is to reach people in this community with the good news of Jesus Christ. Getting a pastor is not the end of the race. It's a step in the process. The race that your church has entered is to win people in this community with the good news of Jesus Christ. And that race goes on until Jesus returns. Now Paul gives us five essentials for pressing on in Philippians chapter 3. These are important for us as individuals because we're in a race called the Christian life. And it's also important for you as a church, Calvary church, as you look for a pastor and as you press on to reach people in this community with the good news of Jesus Christ. So let me give you these five essentials. The first one is this. I have to recognize that I have a long way to go. Here's what Paul said in Philippians 3, verses 12 and the first half of verse 13. I read them again, but let me read it out of the ICB translation. He said, I don't mean that I'm already as God wants me, me to be. I have not yet reached that goal, but I continue trying to reach it and to make it mine. Christ wants me to do that. That's the reason Christ made me His. And then for a third time in this verse and a half, Paul said the same thing "In Brothers, I know that I have not yet reached that goal. Three times in verses 12 and 13, Paul said, I'm not all that. Three times in, those two, in that verse and a half, Paul said, hey, I have not made it yet. Friends, we have to recognize that we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go as individuals. And we have a long way to go as a church. That's the statement of a great Christian who never allowed him to be satisfied with his current spiritual condition. Paul knew he had a long way to go. Now by most standards, Paul had achieved what most of us would want to achieve in our Christian life. Paul was a a man that God did a miraculous work in his life. Changed his name from Saul to Paul. He was persecuting Christians. He was responsible for the death of some Christians. And God did a miraculous work in his life. Changed his his name to Paul. And Paul taught and preached. And Paul, by all earthly standards, had achieved the level of spirituality that most of us could only dream about. And Paul was never satisfied with where he was. He knew the race was not over until he completed his life. Now don't misunderstand this. Paul was satisfied with knowing Jesus as his personal Savior and Lord, but he was not satisfied with the place he was in his own Christian life. The first essential to winning the race is to recognize I have a long way to go. I have not arrived. I have work to do. Now I'm not talking about living in depression saying, woe is me, my life is a wreck. I'm nothing. I'm simply talking about recognizing that God wants to take you from where you're at today to a new level of your Christian walk. No matter where you're at, you could be the most spiritual person in this community called Calvary Church, and God still wants to take you to a new level. The first key is recognizing, I have a long way to go. See, Paul didn't compare himself with others. Paul compared himself with the potential that God had given him. And he compared himself to Jesus and recognized he has not arrived. Paul hadn't arrived. See, success in this area is recognizing our sin as Paul did and using it as a motivator for the desire to be sanctified. Sanctification is just a biblical word. It's a lifelong process of becoming more Like Jesus. And the process of sanctification begins the moment you enter the race and it is completed when you meet Jesus. Either he returns or you go to meet him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 fight the good fight of the faith. In other words, press on, run the race well, take hold of eternal life, keep moving forward. Don't ever think you have arrived. That's the first essential. Here's the second essential for pressing on in the race and to win the race. The second essential is to stay focused. Be committed to the goal. Look at verse 13, the second half of verse 13. A simple phrase. Paul said, I focus on this one thing. This is an important phrase. This one thing. This phrase appears multiple times in the scripture. It's important for you as a Christian to focus on this one thing. To the rich, young, self-righteous man in Mark chapter 10. Jesus said, You lack one thing. This person said, Father, what do I need to do to get to, heaven? G- to get to heaven? Jesus said, You lack one thing. When Martha criticized her sister Mary for sitting at the feet of Jesus instead of helping her prepare dinner, Jesus said, Hey, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. It's that phrase, one thing. When the blind man was healed and received his sight in John chapter 9, he said, One thing I know. I was blind. And now I see one thing. Even the book of Psalms, this phrase is used. In the book of Psalm verse 27, it says, One thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Too many believers focus on too many things. One of the five essentials to running the race to win is that we must focus on one thing. And that one thing is running the race, living the Christian life with passion in order to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. See, if you're running the race without focus and passion, you'll never make it. No athlete succeeds by playing every sport. A good athlete focuses on one sport and they get good at that one sport those who win concentrate on one thing no one those who focus those who win focus those who win are devoted to being the best they can be in their sport and they keep their eyes on the goal and let nothing distract them now i'm a cyclist i told you i raced bicycles This morning early, I rode 22 miles on my bicycle early. And then I got ready and I I drove about an hour and a half here. I love to ride. And so I'm familiar. uh, In fact, in uh, less than a month, the Tour de France will happen. The Tour de France is a 23-day race. There's two days off in the Tour de France. And the other 21 days in the race... The riders of the Tour de France ride over 100 miles every day. The Tour de France is 2200 and, or 2235 miles in 23 days. Over 100 it averages over 106 miles a day. It's a grueling grueling race. There's one name you probably recognize from the Tour de France, right? What's that name? Lance Armstrong is the name everybody knows from the Tour de France. He won the longest or the largest sporting event in the world for seven consecutive years. In 2005, he had an unprecedented record by winning the Tour de France for the seventh time in 2005 after beating testicular cancer. Most of you know he was later stripped of his medals after it was discovered he used performance-enhancing drug that the overwhelming majority of people in that sport were using at that time. Armstrong still is a phenomenal athlete. And he didn't become one of the world's greatest, greatest athletes by playing a variety of sports. In fact, in, her, in his younger years, in middle school and high school, he was a triathlete, which means he ran and he swam and he rode a bike. And he eventually focused his energies into one sport, into cycling. Michael Jordan didn't become known as the greatest basketball player of all time by playing several sports. Actually, he tried professional baseball one year. That didn't pan out too, too well. And he punted on professional baseball and focused on one sport. If you want to run the race of the Christian life to win, stay focused on one thing, Following the teachings of Jesus. In fact, in James chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Focus is the secret of power. Concentration is the secret of power. If a river overflows its banks, it creates swampland. Just look at Lake to larry in central california it's now 180 acres of swampland the size of lake tahoe but if a river is kept focused and channeled a river can become a very powerful force to generate electricity did you know there are 28 hydroelectric power plants in the upper Colorado, Colorado region that create an enormous amount of power from the force of the river? Paul said, I focus on this one thing. There's a third truth for pressing on in this race of the Christian life, and that is we have to keep looking ahead. A person that has not joined the race or committed their life to following Jesus is controlled by the past. If if you've not been forgiven of your sins, if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, you're controlled by the past. A follower of Jesus looks forward to the future. Paul said in the Latter parts of, latter portion of verse 13 in chapter 3, I forget the things that are past. I try as hard as I can to reach the goal that is before me. Looking forward. Keep looking ahead. What would happen if Lance Armstrong or any other rider in the Tour de France started looking backwards during the race? You know what happens when you look Backwards. Driving a car, but especially on a bicycle. When you look backwards, you go off course. You watch drivers in a car. It's called distracted driving. And they look down at their phone, and where does their vehicle go? The direction they're looking. I rode a motorcycle for years. I went through all kinds of training with the police department on a motorcycle. And wherever you're looking, that's where you go. You have to stay focused and keep looking ahead. When you look back, it changes the direction you're headed. When you look to the side, it changes the direction you're headed. Why is the rearview mirror so small in your car and the windshield is so big? What if they were flipped? What kind of forward progress could you make if your windshield was the size of your rearview mirror and your rearview mirror was the size of your windshield? It would be very difficult to make forward progress, wouldn't it? Yeah, we have to keep looking forward. You can't run forward and look backwards. It's impossible to run forward looking backwards. As followers of Jesus Christ, if we're to run this race to win, we have to be future-oriented our hope lies in the future, not in our past. Now, let me be clear. No one can totally erase or forget the past. It's impossible. That's the way God has created our mind. If somebody says you just need to forget the past, that's impossible. Okay, forget the past. What do you do? You start thinking about the past. That's exactly what you do. If I'm going to forget that ever happened. You can't forget something happened. We may wish we could erase some memories in our past, but we can't. But if we want to run the race of the Christian life to win, we have to direct our focus and our attention forward to the work God has for us, not the mess that we've made in the past. We keep looking forward. Your church now has to look forward forward to what God has for you. You've just entered a new season as a church. You're looking for a new pastor. You don't look to the past. If you look to the past, this place will crumble. You look forward to what God has called you to, to be a light in this community, to be a gospel presence in this community, to point people in this community toward Jesus. Luke chapter 9, Jesus said, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. Friends, we keep looking forward to what God has called us to. A lot of people who claim to join the race of the Christian life, they keep holding on to the past. Friends, If you hold on to the past, you can never make forward progress as a follower of Jesus. If you hold on to the past, it's like being tethered to a park bench and trying to run a race. You might make some forward progress, but that park bench is going to slow you down. You have to look forward. As a church. You're looking forward to what God has for you in the future. We can't change the past. But with God's power, we can change the meaning of the past by interpreting it with the future. Let me give you some biblical examples. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers in the first book of the Bible. It's where we have Joseph's story. He was sold into slavery to some Midianites traveling to Egypt. When they got to Egypt, he was sold again and he ended up in a man's, man named Potiphar's house. Potiphar was the captain of the guard, guard for Pharaoh. He was a servant in Potiphar's house. And he did so well that Potiphar entrusted Joseph with everything in his house. And Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of a sexual assault, something he didn't do. And Joseph was thrown into prison in Egypt. He spent a dozen years in prison for something he didn't do. He eventually interpreted a dream for Pharaoh. And as a result, Pharaoh put him in charge and Joseph rose to power and was second in command to Pharaoh. His brothers sold him into slavery. He was imprisoned falsely for something he didn't do. Joseph directed his focus to the future. He always looked ahead for what God wanted from him. When Joseph eventually met up with his brothers, 20, 30 years later, his brothers feared for their safety because Joseph was a man of power. And here's what Joseph said to them. Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? It was a rhetorical question. Joseph said, I'm not God to his own brothers. And then he said, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today see joseph was able to reinterpret his past for what god through through the eyes of what god had for him in the future here's the fourth key and the fourth key is you have to press on paul said it in verse 14 Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now this phrase carries with it the meaning that the race is intense. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The runner is passionate about finishing and winning. No winning athlete becomes a champion just by listening to lectures. No winning athlete becomes, athlete becomes a champion just by reading bu- books about other champions. No winning athlete becomes a champion by watching movies about winning teams. You become a champion by getting in the race, by staying in the race, by pressing on in the race. Wouldn't it be great if Christians put as much determination in the Christian race as they do their golfing game or their fishing game? Or their shopping game. Or watching football or whatever the case may be. You fill in the blank for you. Now let me caution you about a couple of extremes to avoid. One extreme says, I can do it all on my own if I just work hard enough and stay in the game. Another extreme says, well, I don't have to do anything Because God is going to do all the work. The first extreme is just a self-made and self-motivated person who thinks they can do it all on their own. The second describes someone that's maybe just a spiritualist that says, well, I don't need to do anything because God will do it all. And both are heading for failure. One says let go and let God. That's like a clever Christian slogan, but it doesn't really accurately describe the Christian life. I mean, if it did, what quarterback would say to his team, okay, guys, just let go and let the coach do it all? No. Or, Or on the opposite side, what quarterback would say, okay, guys, just listen to me and forget what the coach says? No, both of those lead to failure the Christian runner those of us in the Christian race must realize that God has to work in us before he can work through us we have to allow God to work in our lives before God works through our lives Some Christians are are so concerned about dying to self that they never actually come to life and get in the race. Others are so sure they can make it on their own that they never stop to read the Bible. They never stop to pray. They never stop to spend time with God. They never stop to serve with other believers or ask God for His strength and power. Friends, we don't run the race on our own power. To win the race, we must focus on the goal of completing the race while depending on God's strength and power in the race. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Friend, we press on with God's power. As we run the race with strength and endurance, we need God's power. But we also have a responsibility to run the race with endurance. Here's the fifth essential for pressing on to win the race, and that is remain disciplined. It's not enough just to run hard. This fifth essential requires the discipline of running the race according to the rules, the guidelines in the Bible. We discipline ourselves and we follow the truth of God's Word in this race. Paul said this in Philippians 3, verses 15 and 16. In the message paraphrase, he said, So let's keep focused on that goal those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Now in an athletic competition, an infringement on the rules can result in disqualification from the race. Olympic athletes have had to return their medals when it, dis- when it was discovered they were taking drugs. Several years ago, Apollo Ono, many of you watched the speed skating race like I did. Apollo Ono won and then was later disqualified from winning a medal because he caused a big pileup in a speed skating competition. I mentioned earlier Lance Armstrong was stripped of all of his medals Winning athletes must be disciplined to play by the rules. Multiple star athletes have been stripped of their wins or ejected from championship games for not playing by the rules. Winners are disciplined in their training, but they're also disciplined to play by the rules. What's the rule book for the Christian life? What's the rule book? The Word of God. The Bible's our guide. It's the rule book. In athletic competitions, there are officials, umpires, referees. Being a winner requires discipline that's why Paul said all athletes in first Corinthians 9 he said all athletes are disciplined in their training they do it to win a prize that will fade away but we those of us that are in the race of the Christian life we do it for an eternal prize now when an athlete is disqualified for some lack of discipline they don't lose their citizenship in the country they come from They lose the prize that comes from winning the race. In 1912, Jim Thorpe, one of America's greatest athletes, won the pentathlon and the decathlon at the Stockholm Olympics. A year later, he was stripped of his medals when officials discovered that he wasn't an amateur. He had played professional baseball in the minor leagues and thus forfeited his amateur status and was stripped of his medals at the Olympics. He wasn't stripped of his citizenship in the United States of America. He was just stripped of his medal. He lost the prize for winning. And the Bible is filled with people who began the race to win, but they disregarded God's rules and lost the reward. They didn't lose their citizenship in heaven, they just lost the reward for winning the race. Let me give you a few examples. I'll name uh, just several of them. Lot was one. Samson in the Old Testament was one. Saul in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have Ananias and Sapphira. It can happen to any of us if we don't stay disciplined that's why the book of hebrews says so let us run the race that is before us and never give up your church is is at a pivotal point in its history don't give up don't throw in the towel now You've been called to reach this community with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So continue to run this race to win. Press on. You've got a search committee that has begun its work to look for the next pastor for your, for your church. You don't hit the pause button on what God's called you to here. You don't hit pause on the ministry God's called you to. As a church, you continue to run the race with endurance. You continue to reach out to your community with the good news of Jesus. You continue to give to the church for the gospel influence it has in this community. You continue to attend. You continue to participate in your small group. You continue to do life with the other members of this church as you work together to call a new pastor to lead you. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you this morning to renew your passion, to press on in the Christian life, to run the race, to win, to point people to Jesus, to play by the rules and endure to the finish line. If you've never joined this race, then I encourage you this morning to join the race of the Christian life. You join the race by admitting your sin to God. You join the race by saying, God, I need You. I can't do it on my own. And you ask God to forgive you of your sin and wipe the slate clean as you enter the race. I want to take a moment And pray as we close this morning. And if you've never entered the race, then I challenge you as I pray to turn your heart and life over to Jesus Christ. For those of you that are already in the race, I want to challenge you to reaffirm your commitment to Christ. I want to challenge you to pray for the search team that's looking for the next pastor of your church. Ask God to give them wisdom. Ask God to give them discernment. Ask God to lead them to the right person that He's prepared to lead your church as you continue in this race to reach people in this community with the good news of Jesus Christ. Would you join me as we pray? Father, I pray for Calvary Church right now. Father, I pray that you would use this church to continue to have an impact in this community for the gospel. Father, I want to pray for the five members of their pastoral search committee. Father, I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would give them discernment. Father, I pray that you would give them unity as a search committee. And Father, I pray that you would lead them to the right candidate. Father, help them to talk to the right people, to find the right candidates to draw from. And Father, I know You've prepared a person to be the next pastor of Calvary Church. And Father, I pray that You would lead the search committee to that person. I pray that they would be unified. And I pray that You would speak to that person and draw that man to this church. Father, I pray for every person here this morning father i pray that you would draw individuals here to a deeper walk with you father if there are some here that have never joined the race of the christian life right now in this moment i pray that you would draw their hearts to you father right now i pray that you through the power of your holy spirit would lead them to confess their sin to you And that they would invite you into their lives to take control of their lives right now. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for challenging us. Thank you for drawing us to you. We pray all these things in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen.